really excited to be back here. It's been um, it's been a few years. I think we were last here, 2016, for St. Austell's Got Talent, um, with Jonathan Conrath that was here. And uh, yeah, it was just a great time coming here and sharing with uh, um, the ministry and what we do, but also judging the amazing talent of St. Austell. Uh, I know you guys again, yeah, we got it, we got it, but it was, uh, yeah, it's very impressive actually to see, um, see the, I know you guys at the front are going like, yeah, yeah, were you, were you there? You went there, alright. It was very good actually. Anyway, um, so today I'm, like I say, it's really good. The first thing that happened this morning when I came in, um, the lovely gentleman, I can't remember, is it John who, John said to me, there he is at the back, welcomed us in, stand back, the doors are open, everything's great. And then the other thing he said to me, um, are you playing any of that booming music? I said, once you see boxes, large boxes coming out of the back of the van, that's when to leave. But there was only one box, so it's, so it, <laughs> hands up, praise Jesus, come on, it's great. <laughs> um, but today, I, I, I'm here for a couple of reasons. I want to share with you about one of the amazing projects that we're running that some of you guys will probably already know about. Some of you guys, um, maybe teen girls that have actually been to that, been to it. Some of you may have even been a leader at that. Um, but also, um, I wanted to share as well, um, just some stuff that's going on in my life because I think it's really good, um, sometimes just to be number one, transparent. Number two, be authentic. Um, because we tour as a ministry round and see a lot of people. And the one thing that I really, really struggle with sometimes is people come up to me and Nikki and they say, oh, you've got it all sorted. You've got everything sorted. Everything's all right. So you're in a band, you go and do mission and your ministry is thriving and God's blessing that you guys are sorted. And um, what I wanted to say, particularly today, um, is that things aren't always sorted you know, and we all go through, we're all, I'm a human like anybody else, it doesn't mean that God treats me any different, and set up in 2009, a ministry, it's called Oriel, and um, it started from a back bedroom in Plymouth, it was God said, I want you to do this particular mission, he gave us a passion to work with young people, and so the story began, we have both been involved in youth ministry for a number of years before that, um, particularly um, working in Manchester, but also in Cornwall, and um, but we really felt the need um, to to develop a ministry that's going to serve our young people in Cornwall, um, a little bit in Devon as well, but I'm a Cornishman, you know, so I'm, pr- I'm proud of that, come on. Uh, and so my heart is for this county, and I love the people in this county, I love the young people in this county, and I'm sold out for them, and I will do anything to share Jesus with them, because he's amazing. So the, the mission itself, 2009, grew from a back bedroom with a, a second-hand office desk from the Heart Foundation, which... Heart Foundation are amazing, and uh, it's grown over the years. We've moved offices and grown and grown, and the vision within Oriel Ministries is um, is is not really changed, but the projects within the ministry have grown and flourished. And as we found that we've done more projects and more things, there's been another need for something else to come off the back of that. So originally, obviously, I know some of you guys here were, when I was talking about the booming sound, we have a band called LED um, that goes into schools. We jump around like crazy bananas with the kids, and they absolutely love it. And it's just sharing really good, positive stuff with young people, but with Jesus at the heart of that. And um, 
We've been doing schools missions now for the, for the nine years, right from the start. And we've seen 150,000 young people um, across Devon and Cornwall. And um, do you know what? That's just a massive figure. Do you know, it's, it's great. But the one thing in this world, in this day and age, sometimes it becomes all about the numbers. And what I want to say now before we go anywhere, it's not about the numbers. And so we changed some stuff to start with. We were seeing 25,000 young people a year. But is it about just going, hey, at the end of each year, we've done the 25,000, that's great. Is that what it's all about? Because we just sat there and went, well, hang on a minute. We're in a world where numbers matters. Facebook, Instagram, it's all about numbers, how many views you've got. But actually, we were like, no, it's not about that. It's about actually what you're doing. Um, so we cut it. We cut it in half. We went, we'll see 15,000 people. Now, if you're in a, in a world of everything's about numbers, it's like, well, you're not doing so much. Actually, we're doing more. But it, what it is, we're going we're gonna to put more into our young people. It's going to be more about giving to them. And so instead of being, hello, people in school, great, let's do a mission with you. See you later, church, pick up the pieces. Well, not the pieces. That sounds a bit harsh. But what I mean is leaving the church to do the work. We want to be more about investing into our young people and following on. So the girls' conference that Nikki set up, um, was about, again, following on f- with our young people. This is particularly for teen girls making an amazing day, um, which I'm going to share about with you later on. Um, but the projects itself from, from the ministry, we have Innocence, and then we have Star Girls, which is something that has developed in the last year, so you guys probably wouldn't have heard about this. But again, when we do Innocence Girls Conference, there's a lot of girls that make a commitment and want to know about Jesus, which is amazing. But then what can we do to follow them up? So Star Girls runs out of our office in Launceston, Lanson, sorry, if I'm Cornish, and uh, fortnightly, and it's a discipleship course. So again, it's about follow-on. So our ministry is turning less into just go out and see as many people as possible, and more about... Let's share the gospel, but let's nurture our young people to grow in their walk and to become leaders themselves. So the ministry is, let's say, booming. We've just moved offices. I don't know if, does anybody follow us on Instagram or Facebook? Some of you might do. You can give us, you can take a flyer at the end. It's kind of interesting how the ministry is growing and growing. Um, and yet we feel like some things you're seeing less people, but you're seeing them more. Um, so we're just now moving into a brand new building. Our building that we were in, we had a three-year lease on. Um, God was amazing the way he provided that building and the funding to get that building. And we moved into that. So we, we've been in that building for one year when we were last here with you guys. So we've done another two years. So it's a three-year lease. Since Stargirls has happened, we've got teen girls now turning up every other Tuesday, bringing their friends from school, travelling as far as 45 minutes in a car, coming over, and we can't get any more young people in the building. So God's saying, I need to give you a bigger building. So um, the way it goes on is that God has blessed us with an amazing building, twice the size, and it's up on Penny Gillum Industrial Estate, and we've moved in there, and... Um, to encourage you, I know you guys have probably been through the same process here with your with the building and how God provides, but there's nothing more amazing than seeing God move with his favour on what you're doing. Like I was just moving plasterboard into a room on uh, on Friday and I'm sitting there going, God, your favour is on this building because we're number one, we're working with another organisation, but we're renting half of the building but his favor the way he provides he knows exactly what's going on 
I want to say to you guys, if there's anything in your life at the moment where you're feeling like you don't know what's going on, I want to say behind the scenes, God knows exactly what is going on. And um, and you can completely trust him. For nine years now, I've been doing this mission and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very driven person. I'm very sold out. I'm very, let's get on, let's do this mission, let's do it. Um, my wife calls me the bull in the sh- in the china shop. I, I, she's very, very much more reserved. She'll pull me back. I think we complement each other fairly well. Um, but I'm very much driven and go f- go forward with with everything. And um, so, to be completely honest with you guys, it was only until last Christmas when actually God just put a massive stone rock down in front of me and said, "Stop." And um, I say it's. I've only be. I've just come off a sabbatical. Um, I guess most of you know what a sabbatical is. It's a time out of just to be able to get refreshed and and hear from God. And um, something's been building up with me in in the ministry for so long is that I have been. So I'm going to be honest. I hope you don't mind me being honest because, like I said at the start, I'm human as well. But with the ministry, I've been. 80% of it has been me. It's been me driving the ministry forward. And I'm still praying, we're still giving everything to God, but I've been going, I'll do the 80, and God always jumps in and does the 20% and comes in. And, and so it seems like we're seeing that God's moving amazingly within the ministry and he is blessing the projects. But how much am I actually giving over to God? How much am I? How much am I holding back for myself? Um, it's, it's kind of crazy, really, because it, when you've been doing it for nine years, it becomes the norm. But eventually, I think that when you do things in your own strength, when you're constantly pursuing what you're doing, it's not that you're not praying, but you're doing it some of it in your own strength and re- relying on God. Is that He'll pull you to a dead end. I don't know if anybody, has anybody ever been here when you, where you hit a dead end and you just go, I don't even know what is going on. You know, like, um, when Moses took out the, uh, the, the Israelites out of, out of, out of Egypt and they're going to the, to the Red Sea and they came to a dead end. So what's, now, that's one thing I just know about God is that eventually he will take you to a point where if you're, it will have to be a miracle for him to do what he's going to do. And so for me in the ministry walk, it was like I was getting to the point where I was doing stuff and relying on, and relying on God doing that 20%. But I was focusing so much on, I have to do this. I have to be the person that's doing this. And then within that became, there was a, um, a new thing that arose its head in my life was control. Um, and one of my one of my things that I really struggle with is control. I have to be in control. It's a bit of a nightmare um, because people have said this to me over and over again. Chris, it doesn't have to be ninety five percent per like. Well, actually, no. With me, it's one hundred percent has to be the best. But if somebody, this is a prime example, and I know that Kerry won't mind me saying it's Kerry here. Give, give it up for Kerry, by the way. She's amazing. She's come here. <laughs> Kerry has grown phenomenally in her role over the last uh, three years. She came to the ministry um, 
completely humble, but just like searching and knew that God had called her, called something on, called a, a reason on her life and to be in the ministry. And when she started with the ministry, Carrie, you don't mind me saying this, do you? When she started within the ministry, things were like, you're learning, you're doing stuff, you don't quite get it right. And for me, it was just like, okay, that's all right. Well, you know, keep, keep learning. I'll hold back the things that I want to do and I'll let Kerry do the bits that I know that can be done fairly well. But actually, if you look how she has grown over the time, a phenomenal thing that God has done in her life that she has now grown to have skills and things that she never thought she was going to have. But it was through releasing and letting go and letting, actually, if you do it 70% at the start, it's fine. It's not a problem. So with me, the whole control thing within the ministry was starting to eat me up. It had to be done my way. It had to be done a certain way to be good enough. And in my head, the lies that were going on in my head was that I'm doing it 100% because that's what God wants. I want to give God the glory 100% so much because that's what, that's what he's worth. Let me tell you, I got it all wrong. I got it majorly wrong. Really wrong. Because at the end of the day, God didn't want, God didn't need my efforts. He didn't need my efforts to do it. He, he, he blessed me to be part of the ministry, but he didn't need those efforts to actually be glorified. And so my whole life just became I was living this lie in my head thinking that I had to do everything amazing, everything 100% for God. And if it wasn't done good enough, then I'm not giving God my best. So, June has now come through. This June just gone. And God's going, it's going to stop now. So, uh, for me, it was uh, kind of crazy because there's a lot of things going on. And God said, that's it, it's going to stop because... Because this isn't about you anymore, and it's not about you doing it your way. This is all about me. I'm not, I haven't put you in this ministry to make it into something that's gonna supposedly be glorifying me, just because it's done really well. He said, I, I can get anybody to do this ministry, I can pick anybody, and that's my point of what I was saying at the start. It's not, God's just using me as just another vessel, do you know? It's, it's fine, just being a, a surrender. He said, I can use anybody, but I love you. And this is the whole thing that then just opened a humongous can of worms in my life. And now I am going to be really honest because this is where I now turn around and pour everything out and t- tell you slightly in a quick way of what God did. I've been living a lie for the last 20 years in my life because I stand on, on stage in school and I talk to young people and I say, do you know what? Jesus loves you so much. You're amazing. Jesus loves you so much. You're amazing. He's got this plan for you. You're... You know, all the things you're going through. Jesus loves you. Turn to Jesus. He's got your back. And yet I'm standing there saying that and I don't know how much he loves me. And I'm near enough getting to the point where I'm feeling I'm having to earn my love from God by giving him this ridiculous standard of what I'm trying to do. And so I looked at my team. I looked at Nikki and I said, I need to take time out. I need to just take time out. I've been doing nine years. I haven't had a break um, those of you who might know my wife Nick, she had, we had a, we had a baby, uh, two and a half years ago. Our little girl Harmony, she's grown up now. She's, um, a lot like me. She's very argumentative. <laughs> she is absolutely gorgeous. Um, 
But the ministry dynamics changed. Nikki had a baby. We're still doing what we're doing, but dynamics were changing in the ministry. And there I am still holding on, going, we've got to do this, we've got to do this, it's got to be the best. And yet, actually, it's like God's sitting there going, you're still doing this in your own strength. And uh, and I want you to let go. And so, from the 30th of, of June... Um, it was like, I'm, I'm stopping. Nikki said to me, I'm taking your phone off you. That's crazy for me. My phone rings about 16 times a day with people trying to get hold of me, um, which is kind of crazy. And she said, I'm taking, I'm taking the phone off you and you're going to take three weeks out. I'm like, three weeks out? I can't take three weeks out. This is crazy. I, I can't do this. So um, I had the little fight with God and like, well, who's going to deal with this and who's going to deal with that and everything? And Nikki just said, God's going to deal with it and I can step in and do some of the bits that need to be done. Um, but I, I think you need to take time out. So I used to be like a really keen surfer. I used to surf loads before doing ministry and mission um, and, and loved that sort of thing, you know. And I haven't surfed and done anything since doing mission because my life has just been completely tangled into mission and doing what I'm doing. And God say, God saying to me, why are you not enjoying these things? Why is your life completely tangled up with mission? You know, what about your family? What about all these things that it's just like, oh, I'm, all of a sudden everything's just... My whole life is getting turned upside down because my, all my priorities were in the wrong order. And so I took some time out. And the second day, this was a Saturday, and on the Sunday, I handed my phone to Nick ready for the Monday. and said, there you go, the phone's ready. That Sunday night, somebody rang me up that, um, well, rang my phone expecting to speak to me. And they said, um, yes, hello, um, is Chris there? And Nikki goes, no, Chris isn't there, and he's not going to be for three weeks. And um, so, um, and it was somebody that I've known, but never met. And to cut a long story short, he goes, I want to take him away. Um, I want to take him away. I want to get him out of, uh, because after the, actually, no, I've, I've, I've jumped in a bit there he asked where I was and it was like he's taking some time out why is he taking some time out and anyway eventually I want to take him away I'm taking some people away this is the second day after I put down the whole thing just said surrender and uh, he said I want to take him away I'm going to take him away we're going to go to now this this is the bit not to uh, please don't think um, that I had an amazing time but I did. <laughs> he said, I'm going to take you to Mallorca on a sailing boat. And we're going to go around the Med. And, um, and you're going to, uh, we're just going to take you away and you're going to be, you're going to be blessed. And we're going to go away with a few other pastors and go away on this trip. And I'm like going, hang on a minute. What's going on? This is all stitched. Someone, somebody knows something that's going on here. And it's going to be at the end of September. And then that person spoke to me and said, and you can't, and just let him know as well, he needs to take the whole of July and the whole of August out as well. So I'm not going back after the three weeks. Well, you can imagine that I'm already having kittens for giving three weeks. And then it's like you're taking two months off. And so God, all of us was changing my life in a way that I've never, I've never really, I couldn't even comprehend what he was doing in my life. It was just, you're turning everything upside down. And I don't know how you're going to deal with this, but I'm just going to have to trust in you. But I had to daily keep going, um, stopping myself from 
dangling my fingers in the in the in the pot. Um, I just want to read this quickly. This is this is a verse here that that uh, it's in Philippians. Um, hum, well, this that, actually no. This yeah, Philippians four thirteen. Um, I'm going to read this. I can actually read it from. Um, this is the Living Bible. For I can do everything God asks me to do with the help of Christ who gives me the strength and power. The Amplified Version says, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am already, uh, no, I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength in me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's uh, sufficiency. And I was like, what? every morning I was getting up and reading that because every time it was like there was something, I had to shut my emails down, I had to shut everything down. It was crazy. I couldn't like get anything involved because otherwise before you knew it, I'm going back into the route that I shouldn't be going into. The reason I'm saying this is now just to get really, really quick in this is that God was doing something in me. It wasn't anything in the ministry. The ministry's great. God had that dealt with. But what he was doing in me is he was showing me that actually there was a there was a problem inside, and the problem was was showing symptoms. Was I was showing symptoms of control, stress, anxiety, not being able to let go of things. But actually, I don't know whether you realise that sometimes that if you imagine a tree and the leaves and stuff that are coming off that tree are symptoms that can be. But actually, what's in the root? Where's it coming from? And this is one thing that. God couldn't have done this in me while I was just busy still with the ministry, doing what I was doing in the ministry. He had to take me out of the situation, out of the whole thing, and then to show me what he was talking about. And put your hand up here. Has anybody got a mentor? Anybody have a mentor? One thing I will, maybe it's a private thing, but one thing for me, I've, I've never had a mentor, which is, which is really silly, but I have a mentor now, and I would say to anybody, I would say everybody should have a mentor. Somebody that cares about you, your inner self, who you are, your walk with God. Um, and that somebody that isn't to do with anything to do with whether your, your, your works and your actions, if you're working in church. Nothing to do with that, nothing to do with your job. For me, it was particularly hard trying to find a mentor that actually was just interested in me and nothing to do with the job that I do or the ministry that I do. And God provided that mentor, actually. That actually, The crazy thing is that we moved to a new house at Christmas. And we moved into this house that we've been praying for for 18 months. And when we moved in, our next-door neighbours, um, we found out with our, they came around and said, Oh, hello, how are you? Is that what do you do? Oh, yeah, we do, we do mission with young people. Oh, my goodness, we're born-again Christians. And it's like, I've never met you before. And God just put these people right next door to us. And they've become so close to us, but actually they care about us. They say, your mission is great. The mission is amazing, but I re- really, really care about you. And so I've been spending weeks over this time off, spending weeks, like going in for like two, three hours with these guys, with Edward and Sarah, and spending time with them, just like talking about stuff with them, and just talking about... And the first couple of t- visits, this is like in August, the first couple of visits were really crazy, because I was like, I don't really know what I'm... I don't know what the problem is. I guess it's just something to do with the ministry and I'm just not letting God do the 100% and all that. And slowly it was like, 
God was just over those weeks saying to me, it's not about the ministry. The ministry is fine. It's about you and who you are and then what you do in the ministry and how you act in the ministry. Oh, okay. And on the third visit, it was an amazing time. God bought a photograph. Uh, well, there was a photograph that I had that I'd found out of the attic. And it was me as a little boy at three years old, holding my brother when he was just born. And God said to me, he goes, that's the boy I love. Honestly, like, it just, I just fell on the floor. I was just like, the realisation of like that God loves me. He loves me. He, it's not the work I do. It's not how much you do. It's that he loves you. And he loves each one of us in an intimate and amazing way. He cares about every little thing. He cares about how you tick. He cares so much. And and for me, that was like, God said, oh, it's the inner, I don't know whether you've heard of it. It's like the inner child of yourself. The only way God could show me how much he loved me was to take me back as a little kid. And when I was the age of 13, from the age of when I was born, from that little kid up to the age of 13, I was quite a sensitive child. I was like, my brother was completely different to me, but I was more of a sense, I was a very sensitive, a sensitive lad. Um, And I was just who I was. I was bullied in secondary school when I first started. And then when I, when I started then in year nine, I changed. I changed because I was, I was bullied. I changed into this person that actually I changed into somebody because I was trying to fit the box. I don't know if there's anybody here that has been through that where you actually change your identity to try and to try and then fit. And that identity happened like say 20, 20 years, 25 years ago and, and, and from that onwards I've never understood God's love for me. And um, I changed into this person. I was the most popular kid in school by the end of school. Everybody loved me. Everything was great. I had... Everybody followed me. Every, I went to every party and it was, it was the way I lived my life. Then I left school, went on, and then I was just the most popular kid. I ran party. Everything was just all about me becoming... It, but I didn't realise because I started to believe my own lie. I started to actually realise that I've actually been somebody different for longer than I've been me. Do you know? So I was like, became this person that I believed that was me. Um... Mr. Popular, Mr. Gr- everything, everything's fantastic, and yet inside, I'm not, I'm not that person. Inside, I'm that person. I just care about. It. I can still use the inner, 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 inner child of me. It still comes out in my ministry, but some of the outer symptoms of how I run is because I change my identity. And um, over the over this time of August, God's done such an incredible thing in my life. He strips stuff back. Um, change my outlook on how I even look at things. I'm not trying to, even with the ministry, I'm, I'm sort of, do you know, Jesus, end of the day, it's your ministry. If we're gonna, if we're gonna close the doors tomorrow and that's what you want, do you know what? I love you. And that's great. And we went off anyway on, at the end of, um, at the end of August, start of September, I went off on this boat trip. And um, with a few other guys and, and by this time I'd sort of, God had really done a work in my heart and I'm sort of getting prepared to go back back to the ministry on the on the 8th of September and on this boat trip it was um it was kind of fun it was really good it was like we went off but it was sort of scary because the first 
three days of being on that boat, I cried every day just because I'm, I'm like, I'm in the middle of the ocean, but I'm just like, I, I felt like a kid. I've just, I, um, I'm trying to think of how to, I was vulnerable. Has anybody ever been run, no vulnerability where you just feel like I'm so vulnerable? I've dropped every guard that I have that everyone sees me as and I've dropped it. And this is, this is me. Do you know, this is who I am. And um, he continued to do some amazing stuff in my life that week. And, and um, you know, I was, I was ready to come back and I'm like, this is a new season, everything's great. And I don't know if you've ever been on your walk and you know that God's really doing something amazing, yeah? And he's doing something in your life and you go, God, you were really at work here. And um, so I'm excited to come back to the mission, to the ministry. I'm really excited to be back and thinking, right, we're going to do this. We're going to, we're just going to give everything to Jesus. It's going to be great. We're not going to try and build some empire. We're just going to just say, Jesus, whatever you want, let's just, let's just do it. I'm not going to control everything. And if we can't get things done in a certain way, it doesn't matter because God's got the whole thing. So I came back from this trip. You can imagine I'm boosted. I'm hard. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm a changed person. Everything's good. And, uh, I get back from this trip ready to go. And, and people were even saying on this trip to me, make sure you take, take some time. Don't jump straight back in. Don't jump straight back in the pot because let yourself in, you know, like a cold swimming pool, you know, well, actually, maybe some people do like to jump in a cold swimming pool, but take your time really slowly just to go back into it. Don't go straight back in. And the day I got back, um, this is just saying that the enemy is not happy about this at all. He's, he's, he's like, this is changing stuff and it's not good because if I can get to the point beforehand where I can get Chris to near enough burnout where he doesn't even know who he is, if I can burn him out, the whole thing's just going to slowly, uh, well, I'm going to destruct everything and the other people around. And so when I got back, I, I, I said to Nick, everything all right, babe? You know, so, yeah, it's been, it's been um, kind of hard. We've had a major, a major issue within the, within the charity with visa stuff going on. Oh my goodness, really? Okay, right. Don't want to go back to default setting because that's my default setting. And uh, I'm sitting there going like, well, God, I thought you're supposed to, you're supposed to have this all sorted. Like, this is great. I'm on, you know, okay, right, well. So we had the meeting on the Monday morning about this certain situation and it was hardcore. It was really hard. And, and I think that through what God had done in my life over the last three months is that I handled it completely different to what, how I would have handled it before. I'm not saying I would have flipped off the... I wasn't like at a car crash sort of stage, but how I handled it and just having, making sure that trying to be as Christ-like as possible in how the situation was, was handled and not to make things any worse. And so that was a really hard day to come back into. Um, but then the double whammy happened. Um, my wife, Nick, she, she fell pregnant at the, at the, at the start of August, and it was just like, whoa, come on, amazing, because we couldn't have kids. And then that week, she had a miscarriage. And, oh man, it sucks, but do you know what? God has it. He has it all. But what I want to say is that, you know when we go through those hard times, or when we go through the good times, and then the hard times hit, 
do you know what? He still has it. He still has it sorted. Don't think that actually just because God's done something amazing that things won't still go slightly weird. But it's actually through that trust that we have in Jesus, through that trust of knowing that, do you know what, Father, you... Oh, thanks for tissue. Cheers. Thanks. Um, Thank you so much for for that. Um, Yeah, through through those hard... Through that time... I want to just encourage you as a church to say, I don't, I don't, we don't need any sympathy over it. It's, it's fine. Everything's, you know, it's really hard. But what I want to say is that we're trusting in him so much. And when those hard times are there, it's always good to have someone to talk to, someone that knows you, someone that loves you, someone that cares for you, someone that cares about everything that you're going for or going through. And also at the same time is knowing that Actually, through those times in the valley that we go through, we have those mountaintop experiences. And then we go through those valleys. Those valleys is when God's doing the most. And sometimes we don't understand it. I was talking to Matt when we kept, when, when Matt came in. Matt was telling me his story of what's happened over the last few years. And my goodness, it's like, wow. But when you hear the testimony, like, I was just encouraged to hear from him and how he's dealt with stuff and what he's gone through. And... To encourage you that actually, when those times happens, it makes you stronger and it's when God's doing the most important thing. And so, as a church, I just want to say, stay, stay strong, keep going, keep trusting in him. Know that actually sometimes we get it wrong. I look back at the stuff over the ministry and God's going, it's fine, don't worry about it. Don't look back at the past and go, oh my goodness, you just got it wrong. That's done. That's sorted. It's fine. I'm here. You've got it sorted. Let's get going again. Let's trust in him. We're all going to be going through. There's going to be, I'm sure there's people in here that are going through super hard times as well. But let me tell you that Jesus has it. He has a plan. He has your life. And he loves you inside more than anything else. Absolutely anything else. If you guys want to pray or anything with me at the end, I'm happy to pray pray with you because, you know, and share anything more about that story. Off the back of that now, just to be able to, because I, I, I know that's been like kind of crazy on that, that walk, but I just want to say that God is doing an amazing thing. And at the same time, it's like finding that inner child of who I am and knowing your identity, knowing my identity. Now, God's done it later in life. I've just turned 40 and I found out how much God loves me of who I am. One of the things I wanted to share today was about the Innocence Conference because it sort of links into that. It's not a plug for it or anything as much as that's a way that you can support it. But the conference itself, there is so many young people in this world, boys and girls. This is particularly for girls, but we want to do, we're desperate to do something for boys who have an identity crisis going on like I had. But they're being bombarded with stuff. They're being told stuff. They're being told this is the way they have to live. This is what they have to do. This is what you have to wear. If you don't do this, then you won't be accepted. If you don't do this, you'll be bullied for the way you act. Some of the stuff out there on on phones and technology and social media is horrific. I went to um, a safeguarding course yesterday uh, in Exeter. And some of the stuff that our young people are facing... It Every time I go to a course, I... I <laughs> I thought it was bad last time and then there's the new things because it's like our young people are having to face things that we never had to face, that I never had to face. There's like these trends going out that you have to do this and you have to do this and if you don't do this then you're bullied for not doing that. 
do you know now there's a, there's an actual, there's a, there's a, there's a group now that you can join that tells you actually what's the best, the best knife to cut yourself with. There's also how to tie, how to tie a knot. That, and there's ways of saying the best way of doing it. And these young people are being fed this on a, on their phones of this is what you have to do. Uh, you know, I think that there's one thing of being up to date with what's out there and being fully in the know of what's going on but I just I just don't really sometimes see an answer with these mobile phones but the one thing we can't do is take a phone off a young person because they're going to probably get bullied for that as well so it's making sure that we're we're aware of the situation of what they're going through but I want to say that Jesus actually has the answer to this he is the answer as much as we're in a broken well and it looks like it's a disaster as what I was just saying about he is he does have the answer and so this conference itself it's just a very small part of something where young people can come to a day where they're spoiled it's amazing it's fantastic they find out who they are in Jesus they know how much Jesus loves them for who they are and then they can be spoiled in a way of like they've never been spoiled God's love is just abundantly overflowing and we just want to bless those people that come those girls that come and then in the afternoon the gospel was shared i know there's girls that have been before to to the girls conference last last year 49 girls put their hands up and gave their lives to jesus on the afternoon i mean come on come on guys come on it's like sometimes we just i don't know i'm just Sometimes we've got to get excited about this because, because it's not just a number. It's not a number. It's actually a fiery pit that we're pulling these young people out. I'm being real. They're, they're going to hell. People are going to hell. We've got to do something about this. And, and so this is one small way that we can do this. Please come and speak to us at the end. If you can help sponsor one girl to go. Now there may be girls that can go that go as part of a church. But we see so many girls that actually don't even have anything to do with the church. They're just on a housing estate. They might have met us in school. They might have met us through a street project that we've done. And uh, and so if you can help in any way to sponsor a girl to be able to go. To be able to have that day. We run the Star Girls Conference off the back of that. That then we can then feed them into that. One of the other really exciting projects that we have as well, which we're really super excited about, is um, which the the lovely lady didn't notice this, did talk something about a bus. And we've had this on the cards for three years. It's a massive project and the development of this. Um, but we are really, the research now is completely complete. We're, we've got a guy ready to actually build the bus in Northern Ireland. Um, sounds a long way, but he's a specialist bus builder who's a born-again Christian. And this bus is going to be a mobile youth complex that is all singing, all dancing, that will actually partner with the local church and do um, a, a six to ten week dis- uh, course of pulling up next to your church and then following on with something into your church to actually get young people to then to come into the church. So again, it's just sort of detached youth work out on the streets. So we're really, really excited about that as well. Um, but And also, I just want to say that I know that there are people here who financially and prayerfully support 
support us as a ministry and have faithfully over the time. And, you know, from the bottom of my heart, just want to say thank you for supporting and for being part of that team with what we're doing. We're really excited about the future for Oriel and what's happening and we're just going to be reaching more people. And I believe now is the time to do this and we're passionate about that. I'm so, uh, I'm so humbled, sort of humbled at the same time that God has taken the time to do a working in me as well over the last six months because I feel that I'm in a, in a better place to be able to hear from God and, and, and know what's happening. But I think there's nothing wrong sometimes with just being a little bit real about stuff and just saying, this is, this is how it is, you know, let's not hide. Because hopefully there'll be people here as well that may be just going like, do you know, I've been through that and that's really tough. And hopefully you just will know as well and feel encouraged that, you know, the Lord has, ha, has his hand in everything. 